0: Hello and welcome. This is Self-Control, How to Build a Better Life. This is the podcast that seeks to inspire you to take control of your mind, your body, your mindset, your worldview, to go forward and build the life that you want to live, the life you deserve to live. We're talking about finding solutions to our problems within and developing ourselves. Today, I want to talk to you about something that affects many people, myself included, seasonal affective disorder quite simply put it's the low mood uh, low energy kind of a our well-being takes a hit as a result of getting less sunlight during the winter months whether we like it or not sunlight is a key component to our well-being we all know that our body actually produces vitamin d when we get hit by that radiation from the sun but we take in sunlight We produce serotonin, dopamine, endorphins. It feels good to be out in the sun. It's good for our body to be out in the sun uh, within reason. The sun is also crucial at affecting our circadian rhythm. That's our sleep-wake cycle. So, you know, it's no surprise that the less sun you get, your sleep-wake cycle can really take a hit. Maybe you're sleeping too much. Maybe you can't sleep if you're mixing in this low sunlight with a lot of um, stimulants perhaps, or a lot of blue light from devices like computers and phones what can we do? It's it's one of these things we can't just up and move, many of us, so we're left to deal with the fact that we're getting less and less of this crucial key thing that makes us as humans human and, and feel good in our body and in our mind. I want to offer you today three tools that I use. These are They work for me. I'm not saying it's the be-all, end-all for you. Three simple tools that you can use if you're dealing with seasonal affective disorder. I would say generally this would help with Perhaps you're experiencing some stress from one area of your life or another. Perhaps you do have some uh, depression. Again, this is not medical advice, but these are things that we can do today to start to maybe feel better sooner than later. Uh, So I want to offer these three tools to you. Definitely. Listen to all three because I think the third one, it's kind of a wild card. It might not be one that you immediately think of, but it definitely works for me when I'm combating anything to do with low mood or low energy or or maybe negative thinking. And of course, as always, let me know if this is of any use to you. Use the YouTube comment section where all the good discussion goes on in this life. And if you're listening on audio, please drop a review on Apple. Use the Q&A function on Spotify. That engagement really helps. Okay. On with it. Let's talk about the three tools for combating seasonal affective disorder. All right. The absolute number one tool when it comes to seasonal affective disorder or any, time we feel low is to move. Our bodies are made to move. And if you are perhaps in an office job or you're in a situation where you just, you got to be hunkered down, it's no surprise that we start to feel stagnant. I know that when I'm putting off workouts or I'm, you know, I'm working on other areas of life and I can't get out for a walk, um... I start to feel stagnant. I start to feel low. I start to sag. I start to fold inwards. You know, energy stops flowing. Ideas stop flowing. We are made to move. We need to move every day if possible. And so it really doesn't matter. Go for a walk. Go for a run. Go for a crawl. (laughs) Scale a building. Go for a swim. Do yoga. Lift weights. Grab a resistance band and move in some strange new direction. Do a push-up or two. We have to realize, and it's something that I realized this year, very, very, uh, in a painful way, we might say that our body holds physical and emotional stress within the muscles, within the nerves of the body. You know, there's a something that's been proven is that um, animals like deer and antelope, when they're chased by a predator and they're lucky enough to get away, they've been observed shaking their body. They shake, 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 and then they go on with their with their daily activities. Scientists, I think, whether they've proved it or they've just hypothesized about it, they're shaking that cortisol. And cortisol is the hormone that our body produces in response to stress. So it is in that movement, that shaking, that those animals, and I would probably say us humans too, get that cortisol processing and out of our nervous system, out of our bloodstream to begin to feel better. Just as I discovered this summer that from hard hard labor and waking up feeling... cranky and grumpy and grouchy the next day. And that that was relieved by stretching, by yoga, by movement. I realized that to move is to release that pain, to release that tension. Sure, we think it, we feel it in our minds, but so much of it can be released from the body. So if you're dealing with seasonal affective disorder, with stress, with maybe some manageable depression or anxiety, My first advice to you, if you're looking for advice, would be to get out and move in one way or another. Put that body to work. To move is to begin to release that pain, release that tension, process that cortisol, and start replacing it with those things that the sun, as we were talking about, would normally give us. Those endorphins, that serotonin, that dopamine that's going to keep us coming back to this movement. Couple that movement with deep, conscious, slow breathing. You will begin to feel better no doubt. Because when the sunlight is reduced, when it's removed from our life, it, is, it becomes incumbent, it becomes our responsibility to find ways to fill it in. Movement is going to trigger a lot of that feel-good sensation and release a lot of the pain and tension that we develop. Okay, the second tool or approach I find when I'm dealing with this winter blues, if you like, is to create a routine for yourself or myself as best as I can. When I'm privileged enough to do it, get a regular sleep-wake cycle, going to bed at the same time, trying to wake up at the same time. And use light, even if it's artificial light, to your advantage in this routine. If you're able to get up before the sun rises, you know, put on a nice low light, a, a low warm colored light that's going to stimulate that sunrise light, you know, and then if the sun comes out for a few hours that day, God bless it, take it in if you can. And this this may seem sort of self-evident, but if the problem is lack of sunlight in your life, whatever sunlight you can get during the day, get it. Like, and again, you may be trapped in an office, you may be trapped in a basement, trapped in a dungeon. We'll send help if we need to. Any sunlight, even if it's an hour, half an hour on your lunch break, get that sunlight in your eyes. It's really going to make a difference. If that's not an option for you, you know, there's a lot of these happy lights or this this light therapy that we can that we can explore. There's things we can buy at Costco or on Amazon. I can't vouch for any of them per se. I do have a, a pretty old uh, version of a Philips light that actually produces a blue light, which I'm not sure <laughs> how good that is, but it's a full spectrum light that mimics sunlight. So I'm talking about creating a routine that has to do with sleeping and waking at the same time and sort of supplementing the light that you get during the day. Get that nice warm light early in the day and at the end of the day when the sun is down and try and get that full spectrum, that white light in your eyes, whether real or not, when you can. Now, it's important to know that fluorescent lights, which are a part of everyday life, really, they don't cut it. In fact, they're hard on the body and the eyes, I imagine. When you can get that nice clean white light, either from the sun or from a specially made fixture, incumbent on you to do that. Again, another thing I try to do is really get off the computer, get off the phone after sunset. If I have to be on it, use those blue light blocking glasses, right? We have to, in a way, accept the fact that our the sunlight period in this time is reduced. So we supplement with warm light, you know, like orange tungsten light on the tail end to sort of stimulate that low light. During the day, we get that white light, but getting that white or extremely blue light from computers and phones really can throw off our sleep, especially we're staring so intently at it, getting stressed out about the news on top of that. Blue light blocking glasses, uh, if you have a problem with sleep and if you're suffering from seasonal affective disorder, can be a great tool in helping you build this light routine for yourself. Okay, the third tool or the third behavior that I engage in especially when I'm dealing with seasonal affective disorder or any form of stress or low mood is to start writing. And you might think, how how can writing help me with my mood? How can writing help me when I'm not getting enough sunlight? When we are depressed, when we are in a low mood or when we're stressed out or we're feeling that sort of lack of well-being because of a lack of sunlight, what can begin to happen? How, How do you feel? Put some words to those thoughts even better, start to write those thoughts down. What I find is that my thoughts become jumbled. You know, I'm not thinking clearly. I just sort of know generally that I don't feel so good. And it's actually been proven that when we're facing stress or facing depression, if we let that take over too much, it affects our ability to think clearly and to think critically. And so it becomes a vicious cycle. I'm not thinking clearly. I'm not thinking about really what I'm thinking. I'm just kind of moping through life assuming i feel bad for some reason and it goes on writing allows us to break that vicious cycle we start to put words to our thoughts to give shape to our thoughts to get our thoughts out of our head to see them on the page for what they are so i would suggest get a pen get a notebook and start to do some some manual work there's i also find that by physically grabbing the pen and writing now my hands are occupied it sort of helps with that anxiety it helps with that low mood because hey I'm doing something, right? I'm, I'm doing some form of work. I don't know how useful it's going to be right now, but I'm doing it. I'm not just sitting there letting this weight come down on me. I'm starting to fight against it. By writing down our thoughts, we, in a sense, get our thoughts out of us. And of course, they don't go away just because we've written them down. We may still have these negative thoughts. We may still uh, feel stress or uncertainty or hopelessness about one thing or another, What writing does is it allows us to shine a light on those thoughts, to see them for what they are, to read them back and to at least say, hey, here is what I think. I find that before I'm writing, I kind of have a general idea of why I feel so low, but now I can start to see exactly what I think and I can decide, well, what are some solutions here? Do I really want to keep feeling this way? Do I even need to keep feeling this way? This becomes a process of improving the environment or the atmosphere of our inner mental world. And, you know, so often those thoughts go into a place of what I would call negational thinking. We think about all the things that we're not, all the things that we don't have, or relational thinking, all the things that other people are that we are not. And these are things I've spoken about at length on the podcast. I'll provide a link to that episode where we can sort of break down those thought patterns. But consider this, writing as a way to combat your low mood, your stress, your anxiety because now instead of being uncertain or instead of despairing or just accepting the low the low feeling, the low energy, we can now start to do something about it even if that something is just an understanding, a deepening of the understanding of what we're up against. All right? There you have it, three tools if you're dealing with seasonal affective disorder. Get out and move. Nothing fancy, just a walk, some push-ups, whatever your body can handle. You know, if even if you're injured, if you if mobility is an issue, whatever part of your body that you can move, do your best to move it, even if that's maybe your mouth. <laughs> Number two, create a light routine for yourself. Less sunlight in the beginning and end of the day means we need to supplement that light. Nice warm light, as you see in the background behind me, a nice orange tungsten light before sunrise and after sunset and during the day if you can get a sliver of that real sunlight in your eyes you're you're much much better for it and exploring ways to get that full spectrum white light in your eyes to sort of supplement or to back up the sunlight that we are so desperately searching for and third start writing It may seem counterintuitive because you feel depressed and now what I'm going to go into my thoughts and examine exactly why I'm depressed. Yes, that's right. Put shape to those thoughts, put words to those thoughts and use this challenge as a time to deepen your self-understanding and self-knowledge. So thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Please let me know what you do to combat this seasonal affective disorder. Let me know if you're going to start with any of these tools that I like to use. And please remember, until we speak again, that better is possible.